Hi, everybody. And welcome to That's Life, where I think the Lower East Side still smells like barbecue after Judd's Memphis, Memphis Kitchen fed everyone here on Grand Street yesterday. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. Sorry, Avram, about yesterday. We didn't, we didn't save you any food. I thought of you guys. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I thought of you, too, and I'll tell you why in a second. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison. And right before Nahum's live lunch, and my eyes do not deceive me, I'm joined by a rummy long time since we have sat together here. How are you? Thank God. Boker Tov, how are you doing? Thank God. So when we were, well, when everyone else besides me was enjoying a phenomenal Judd's Memphis Kitchen lunch, I stopped and said, see, it's true. Every time we have food, a rummy's not here. <laughs> well, they said the same thing when they came in, and then I reminded everyone about the uh, glorious lunch that Yoni got for us. Uh, some weeks ago. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the celebratory lunch. His so. Wheel of Fortune celebratory right. lunch. I did not forget about that, so yes. Oh, so we're good for a little while? I guess so, unless but, someone wants to get lunch today. That's fine, too. No, I'm sorry. We're all dieting here after yesterday. No. <laughs> the, the guys set up yesterday on the street, and uh, there was certainly a crowd, not just a Grand Street crowd, but like it was like legit. It was a line. There was a crowd. People were waiting for their food rather patiently, I might add, and they were certainly not disappointed. Jamie is a big uh, burger connoisseur, and she was super impressed, super, super impressed with her burger. She has been critical of burgers before, but yet she was satisfied by her burger yesterday, thank God. Um, So we had a really good time with them yesterday. We thank them very much. We thank Naomi, we thank Mark, and everyone else who was involved in yesterday's show. And uh, hopefully we can entice them to come back soon because, uh, yeah, people haven't... Eaten that well on the Lower East Side in a long time. Anyway, shout out to Daniela Robinson and our friends from West Hartford. They'll be one of the featured communities at the OU Community Fair this Sunday at the Metropolitan Pavilion, 125 West 18th Street in New York City. That's 18th and 6th. 6th, sorry. The fair starts at 12 p.m. We will be broadcasting. The Nahum Siegel Network will provide its coverage from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You can catch all of the audio, of course, on our beloved NSN app. You can catch the audio and the video both on our homepage and our Facebook page. So even if you cannot be there, you can certainly hear and see everything going on at the Metropolitan Pavilion. Again, the fair starts at 12 o'clock. It ends at 6. Our coverage, however, is from 1 to 3. Mark Rosenberg from Nefesh Benefesh will join me on the air in the second part of this program with a preview of his presentation as Nefesh Benefesh also presents at the OU Community Fair. National holidays. Let's get to them quickly. It's Babe Ruth Day. I mean, why not, right? I assume the 27th has something. Maybe was his, that was his number? I don't know. I feel badly right now that I didn't do that research. I'm sure Nahum's listening now. And, well, that's going to be the first topic during the live lunch, won't it? Um, it's also International Girls in Information and Telecommunication Technologies Day. I'm sure that that has an acronym. It should, at least. It's also uh, National Little Pampered Dog Day, something I do not participate in. It's Poem in Your Pocket Day. Don't participate in that either. It's Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day. Nope, skip that one. But it is Denim Day, and I'm wearing a denim shirt. So shout out to the 80s. You are listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And my first guest joins me this morning. Joy Levitt is the executive director of the JCC in Manhattan. She just celebrated 18 years of service and leadership. Mazal tov, Joy, on that accomplishment. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me this morning. I know that that gala dinner was, was certainly worthy of 18 years. I'm sure that... 
at some point or another, you probably looked at yourself and said, wow, has it really been 18 years? How did that happen? Yeah. You know, when I started, we, we had six people on staff and rented space. We now have 200 people on staff wow. and 3,000 people walking into our building every day. That's incredible. Yes. And that is what it is. It <laughs> certainly is. So uh, I guess the, the fifth annual uh, Upper West Side Celebrates Israel Parade was just, you know, a long time in the coming. Yes. I, you know, I think what I noticed was that um, individual shuls were holding celebrations and small synagogues were holding small celebrations and larger synagogues were holding, you know, kind of larger celebrations. And, of course, there's the parade. But I felt like um, because as a JCC we're always asking what are the people who are not so engaged mm. doing, right. We felt like they're just not celebrating this magnificent moment. And in fact, the rabbis of B'nai Jeshurun, who are from Argentina, came to me and said, you know, in Argentina, this is a holiday. You don't go to school. Everything is closed. We're out in the streets celebrating. Why aren't we doing that? And I thought, good point. Right. And, and how and humbling. How and how humbling as New Yorkers. I mean, we pride ourselves, obviously, in our really? connection with... We've got 90,000 Jews here. Like, right. what's wrong with us? <laughs> so we went to UJA Federation, and we said, um, let us try this. And we got a grant, and we basically said to synagogues and schools and other institutions on the Upper West Side, come up with a good idea for um, a program to celebrate Israel's birthday, and we'll give you the money to do it. Obviously, not all of it, but enough so that you can get started. And and that really um, expressed a deep value here at the JCC, which is there's not just one way to do this. There are mm. multiple different ways. There could be lectures. There could be family parties. There could be dances. There could be parties. Uh, there can be cultural things, cooking, readings, uh, novels, all different ways of celebrating Israel, and we now get, you know, between five and 10,000 people who are participating in these programs. And the number of programs is actually astounding, and the number of different medium or ways to connect right. is really quite astounding as well. People can go to uwsisrael.org, that's UpperWestSideIsrael.org, to check out what we're, what we're talking about. But the variety of programs, whether it's something um, aerobic, which doesn't always appeal to everyone in every family, um, yes, but an indoor cycling ride takes you on a virtual tour of Israel from Eilat to the Golan Heights. That's it's all good. And you can, you know, get exercise while you're doing it. That's really cool. And then, of course, there's the spiritual connection. You have the the reading of the Megillat Ha'atzma'ut, which that's takes right. place on Sunday. I mean, that's... At Anshei Chesed, that's right, correct. At Anshei Chesed. That's such a great concept. So you have things, and also the, the organization of the programs just on the website talk uh, speaks to... Things that are good for adults, good for teens, good right. for uh, wheelchair right. accessibility really speaks to all the different kinds of, uh, you know, demographics that we all have within the community. We're, we're really a community of communities, and I think that's what you see reflected in these programs, the, that appreciation. And yet, on Tuesday night, we're all going to be at the boat basin celebrating because there's some time when, you know, at a birthday party, you just want cake. <laughs> and, and that's what we're going to do. That's fantastic. And also, I, I, I love this part. There's a Krav Maga uh, exhibit, uh, exhibition, so to speak, or is it like a how-to? Uh, actually, I think it's an exhibition, and I think that, that you know people are going to get a chance to 
um, to do it. They're going to teach you how to um, how to move smart and defend yourself. And um, we offer Krav Maga throughout the year here at the JCC, so this is an opportunity um, to experience this. And and I should say that almost everything is free. Mm, uh, you right. know, Good you don't point. pay usually to go to a birthday party, and we don't want people to have to pay except for the boat basin because there's um, there's money, and I think there's also a Yom Hazikaron um, event. There are few that we had to charge for, but by and large, um, we were able to um, keep the cost free or extremely low cost. No, that's a really good point for for families, especially Manhattan families who, you know, expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Expenses are tight. Yeah. And, and Manhattan living is not inexpensive. And if you're coming in from the boroughs or you're coming in from New Jersey or wherever you're coming in from, it's, there's enough in transporting a family from one place to another. The fact right. that the opportunity to to engage is free is really not only uh, enticing, but considerate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that is really thanks to UJA Federation. They really understood that and and we're able to support that value. And the program lasts for three days. It starts on Sunday and it continues through Tuesday night. How are you able to orchestrate three days of programming? <laughs> I can't, I logistically. I, have, I mean, the truth is there is an incredible staff here at the JCC and what they're passionate about, they just go the extra mile. And this is something we're very passionate about. And yeah, and, and remember these are, are happening. These programs are happening all over the Upper West Side. Right. So, um, if you're involved in one of the synagogues, you can um, can absolutely go to your synagogue because you want to be part of that community, or you can go to somebody else's synagogue where your friends are and experience that. And there's just a huge array of activities here at the JCC. Oh, it's very exciting. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We're discussing Upper West Side Celebrates Israel. It begins this Sunday, April 30th. It continues for two days through Tuesday night. Celebration ends at the Boat Basin in Central Park. We're joined by Joy Levitch, who's the executive director of the JCC of Manhattan. I, I, I would re- be remiss and irresponsible as a Jewish mother and just, frankly, as a Jew who loves food if we skipped over the Kosher Street Food Festival. It's take- awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk food, Joy. So we have- we have food trucks that will be right outside the the JCC um, that are kosher and Israeli um, in orientation, falafels, pickles, barbecue, everything. I basically, you know, under the guise of wanting to stand outside and see everybody who comes in, the truth is I'm just out there eating. There we go. Let's be honest. I mean, why would you want to pass that up? Indeed, it's fantastic. Now, does somebody have to buy a ticket for that or just the food? That's food that you you, you pay for that, you know. um, No, obviously you're paying the the food carts that send you. You're you're paying the vendors, but there's no entrance ticket. No, 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 it's right outside. You're walking down the street. You just you just buy your falafel. Amazing. You know, the the, it seems to me that the JCC of Manhattan, like the JCC of Tenafly and a bunch of other very prominent JCCs, have taken, you know, have retaken, so to speak, that role of the JCC that that existed in communities that somehow or another seems to have fallen off. But again, 
came this came this resurgence, so to speak, of the importance of having a JCC in the community, especially as you mentioned in Manhattan. That you know you could walk three blocks and you're in a different community. You could go right. you, you could go one avenue block to the left, and all of a sudden you know there are different languages being spoken than there were on the east side. It's it's so diverse. So how often does it strike you just the just the immense purpose that the JCC of Manhattan fills? Look, when we built the building, we we expected a thousand people a day in the building, and we built our elevators to to accommodate a thousand people a day. We just had to replace all four of them because we have three times the number of people oh that we word. anticipated uh, before we built the building. Um, and so, I think it speaks to a real need that people have for community, um, for Jewish life. Uh, and and interestingly, while it, I think in some places JCCs became kind of Jewish light, um, we have found that the more intense Jewish programming and interesting and creative and pluralistic um, Jewish programming, the more people come. So we think it's no longer like, yeah, people want to come just work out at a JCC. We think people are coming here to celebrate Jewish holidays, to experience Jewish life in all its multiple mm. different aspects. And they enjoy coming together with people that, that they don't necessarily see in their own shul. And frankly, they may not be in a shul. So right. we think we're really um, meeting a need in the community. No, and speaking to that need, we also should just make mention that out of the three days of Upper West Side Celebrates Israel are also specific Yom Hazikaron commemorations. That's right. And, and you know, and particularly for the Israeli um, community here in New York, Yom HaZikaron is an extremely important moment, um, and and we really look to our partners to create experiences, and we're doing one um, here with Moshe Bonin and his band. Um, we've been doing this for years. It, um, it, it resonates deeply and importantly for young, particularly young people who are far from home, and who really want to connect um, with their experience of Yom HaZikaron in Israel. And, and, and also it gives us an opportunity to widen that experience for people that maybe didn't live in Israel and maybe never experienced what a Memorial Day that actually takes seriously that idea of memory um, you know, here in America, Memorial Day is like the beginning of summer, barbecues, right. shopping. Right. Um, and I think we have something to learn from Israel in terms of taking these holidays seriously. And 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 um, we they're very important. They're a very important part of this season. No, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think the again the vast array of programs that are that are um, opportunities for people to get involved in so many different ways that are part of this program, this three-day program, is, is 
brilliantly unfolded. And um, I, I don't know what the last four years looked like, but uh, the fifth year is grand. And I can only <laughs> well, we keep getting better, but everyone is invited. We um, encourage people to take a look at the website and to join us for one, two, all of it. It's impossible to do it all. But, <laughs> but one of my favorite things on Sunday is just to walk up and down Broadway and see people in T-shirts and holding flags and eating Beautiful. falafel and you really feel like this is one community. Now I look forward to I look forward to, to potentially being there. That is the truth. You at wsisrael.org is where you can find more information. I thank you so much for joining me this morning. Continued Hatzlacha. Continued Hatzlacha both at the JCC and in all the good work you do for the Jewish community. Thank you. My pleasure. It's, you've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network and uh, returning favorite here, a returning fav- fan favorite from Nefesh Benefesh, Mark Rosenberg, joins me this morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Miriam. How are you, sir? I'm happy to say I can wish you good morning. I'm here in, I'm actually in uh, Philadelphia now, so I'm in the oh. same time zone. I can have, don't have to think about good evening, good morning, that, that time difference. I didn't realize that you landed. I was going to make a joke. Are you sitting at Ben Gurion? But I guess that joke's gone. No. All right. Well, welcome to Philly. How's Philly? Um, thank you. Good. I was in Baltimore yesterday, Philly today, and New York tomorrow. So I'm slowly moving north. It's uh, a little bit colder. I was in short sleeves uh, two days ago, and I had my coat on today. But uh, I'm getting I'm getting adjusted. Well, you know, New York takes some adjustment. I imagine you're there on fervent nefesh benefesh work, holding workshops, aliyah workshops, answering questions, and you'll be doing that as part of your presentation this Sunday at the OU Community Fair. Again, that community fair starts at twelve o'clock. It's on Eighteenth and Sixth, the Metropolitan Pavilion. I'll get that out some point or another without tripping over it. The uh, Nefesh Benefesh broad, the Nefesh Benefesh angle of the OU Community Fair is one that we have heard before. That when you're considering communities outside of New York, don't just consider Philly or Baltimore or Cleveland or Houston. Also consider Ramat Beit Shemesh. So I, I, it, that's that's the logic. Of it. You have a group of people who are thinking about moving. If you're thinking about moving, then you you know you broaden your horizons a little bit and say what other, what other factors or options on there. But it's not a level playing field, Miriam. It's, 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 it's almost uh, not fair to say, hmm, Memphis or Modine. Is, <laughs> is, is, that the, is that the type of thing? I'm saying, you know, I'm from Cherry Hill, so I can say Cherry Hill or Yushalayim. You know, the, 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 the school options in Yushalayim are obviously much stronger than Cherry Hill. Right. Um, <laughs> so it, you, we have a different angle, a different approach. And it's it's nice and nice to have that opportunity to engage in people who are going through a transition to be able to give them that that boost to such a great option. You know, there are so many different factors into choosing a different community. And as uh, many New Yorkers and New Jersey commuters over the last number of what seems like months have suffered crazy commuter woes as part of both the uh, New Jersey Transit, Long Island Railroad and just the subway malfunctions and it seems it, it seems like commuting in and out of Manhattan or getting from one place to another is just getting more complicated. My commute personally taking ever longer than I expected. Let me just ask you, like, on average, how long does it take for an Israeli to get to work? So it's, it's a good question. I remember, and it, I'll give you a stat from last year, so it may okay. have changed, hopefully shorter. But um, uh, last year I saw an average study is about a 35, 40-minute commute. 
for most people. It's interesting. So I'm a Jerusalem-based person. I live in Jerusalem. I live in the city, and I work in the city. I have a 25-minute commute by bicycle from one side of the city to the other. Um, I have colleagues who come from the suburbs, the suburbs being in the Gush Etzion area, and it sometimes takes them about 30, 35 minutes um, to get in, even though sometimes driving from one side of the city can take 30 minutes. Right. Um, <laughs> and the, the other end of the average, you have people live in the greater Tel Aviv, or so work in Tel Aviv and live in the greater area, and the traffic there can sometimes, from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv, can take an hour, hour and a half. Um, they have this great, there's this interesting express lane where you can pay for a little bit more to get uh, the fast lane in. Someone just told me that you know the the price fluctuates depending on the traffic anywhere between seven to ninety shekels to get you in faster. Um, Is that per ride not, or that's like per month? No, no, per per time you drive on the road. It's, okay. a, it's like if you, I, I gotta get to Tel Aviv. Oh my goodness, there's traffic. You can get into the speed lane, and if there's a lot of traffic, you pay more to use it. It's a oh. interesting competitive gamification of getting into the system. But every, people know who they're commuting, just like to New York. People right. go to Tel Aviv know that if you leave at six in the morning, then right. you'll get there in forty five minutes. If you go at eight eight o'clock in the morning, it can take you an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes. Right. So you're 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 battling the same other cars. <laughs> yeah. Go, going, going in, going in one direction. So we have this. I mean, like then, I'm I'm more Jerusalem based, so I'm definitely giving more of a perspective on that. So you have people that are living in Jerusalem and do work in Beit Shemesh, so they're going against the grain of traffic. But again, on the average that that I, that I remember seeing last year is about thirty thirty five minutes. Um, it's definitely. Uh, I have family that lives in you know the uh, the Westchester area. It definitely has a. Uh, a, a shorter sense than those type of adventures coming in from the suburbs into Manhattan. Right, but of course, I'm—I mean, I'm saying this all tongue in cheek. You're not so—you're yeah. not basing your decision to make Aliyah solely on commute times. But well, true, true. But you know, it's, some of the people are saying that you know, uh, I—I I am taking an hour and a half of that time. It, it, it is—it's an interesting uh, idea, Miriam. I actually had two meetings yesterday where they—they they talked about this idea. People in Baltimore do drive down to D.C. for government jobs, and there people do look into the the cost it has on their family, right. the time away, um, is a factor for people thinking about moving and changing. So I, I do appreciate that as a factor for people uh, thinking about transition. Right, and also the fact that Friday is Sunday. Yes. So uh, it, I, I always enjoy like to be honest enough. It takes it takes me about six years to get used to the fact that I have to work <laughs> on Sunday, and every now and then I still call my brother on his work number on Sunday, forgetting that he's at home uh, uh, with piano lessons or soccer lessons with his with his kids. There's, uh, but it, it's a be- it, it is a different adjustment, and then you also have the people who telecommute, right? Um, and that, and that those telecommuters often. Uh, often are able to enjoy those time changers in Israel much more that they're able to enjoy a morning uh, when everyone else in America is sleeping and then uh, to work the evening hours. Right. So their commute is actually zero because they're, they're, they've built themselves in an in, in-house office and yeah. they're able to enjoy that as well. I know that Michael Eisenberg from Olive was on this morning and he was talking about their Aliyah initiative um, and in trying to, as everyone's uh, collective responsibility of bringing as many Olim home as possible. And he mentioned that you can live in Israel and work anywhere in the world. And I thought that that was such a great concept that if you're in a, if you're in a profession or you're, you're, you're doing something professionally that has a global reach, you don't have to be in New York to do that. You can fulfill your dream of making Aliyah. You can live in Tel Aviv. You can live in Jerusalem and you can work anywhere. It's totally true. I think that it's, it's a big paradigm shift for us, a concept shift for what we're used to. I mean, I, I, 
I want to pause a minute and just say that concept shift is uh, when I graduated from college, I thought I was going to get one career and stay in that career the entire time, one job. Right. And we see that it's radically different, that people are averaging five or six career paths as it changes. Right. And the same thing about the physicality of your job. So you take people who say, wow, this is something that I, I, that I could do. How could I, how could I do it even from a, from, from a computer? And when um, I made Aliyah 16 years ago, and radiologists were the only people you heard about. Oh, yeah, they work, the, they work the graveyard shift in the hospital from the computer, and it's great to be in Israel. And now you have graphic designers who are able to work, and, and, and you have, you have uh, secretaries or real, uh, lawyers, real estate lawyers, right. who are able to do the support work. Some people don't even know they're in Israel because they have the voiceover IPs on their phone number. You're calling a 212 number, and it's ringing in Israel. Right. So it, it, it opens up a lot of tremendous options for people. And then when it comes to this decision-making about schools and, you know, I, I want to be in a community, it, it, it opens up to say, I'm not going to live in a small community where there's really one Jewish day school. I, I open up the flexibility to say this is something that um, I, I really want to put my family in a different situation. Um, there's advantages and disadvantages to it, um, especially the physical commuting aspect. Um, but it's really important that people look into those advantages and see if they have skills or opportunities that might permit them to explore options in Israel. Right. No, it's it's a great point. It's really a great point. And I'm sure that Nahum is looking forward to exploring that point and numerous other points with you, as we always enjoy the time that you and Nahum spent together, that great chemistry that we saw in Boca Raton when we were down in Boca with Nefesh. And uh, I look forward, I personally look forward, as always, to seeing you on Sunday. But I know that our listeners will very much look forward to that continued dialogue between you and Nahum as we continue our coverage of the OU Community Fair this Sunday between 1 and 3. Mark, thank you okay, so Thank you. I just want to say it's a, it's a, it's, it looks to be a really great day. I think that I want to thank the OU. I think that, um, especially I'm in these smaller towns now, I'm, I'm going to be in Sea Line Avenue in Philadelphia, and I was in the suburbs of Baltimore yesterday. People are really, really curious about the different opportunities. I think it's really exciting to see the diversity of people. And I look forward to connecting and seeing you and uh, Nakam there as well. You got it. Sounds good. And, uh, yeah, let's keep that Aliyah door open, as we say. Mark, thanks so much. I wish you a good Shabbos. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network in about, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. Avrami's probably going to pull up my song as I have completely run out of time. But we have a full afternoon of programming right after That's Life. I will be, uh, I'll be sitting here. Nachum will be here. We are back in the studio together. The live lunch starts immediately after this program. Uh, we have a laundry list of things to discuss and look forward to uh, uh, the live lunch from 11 to 1. As promised. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. Gotta love this song. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, minion man? That is the Maccabees and Lenny Solomon doing uh, Minion Man together. It's an acapella version. I love this song. Quick shout out to all the kids at Hafter who served as Minion Men this week, helped making a Shiva Minion across the street from the school. They've been shuttling back and forth there to make sure that that Shiva house had a minion on a daily basis. And Kol HaKavod to them and to Rabbi David Kupchik for making sure that that happened. Do not miss JM in the AM. Tomorrow morning as Nahum conducts JM in the AM and joined by Malcolm Holmheim at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time for the weekly update. You don't want to miss a minute, especially with the recently announced trip for the end of May where President Trump apparently 
accompanied by his daughter Ivanka, his son-in-law Jared, Secretary of State Tillerson, and Secretary of Defense Mattis, all will be heading to Jerusalem. The end of May, funny Mr. President, will be there too. At the conclusion of JM and the AM, as we mentioned at the top of the hour, Naomi has a phenomenal new edition of Table for Two featuring the Judd's Memphis Kitchen. They were here yesterday recording the program. Our thanks to everyone who made that happen and our thanks to our friends at Marzipan who continue to sponsor Naomi's program on a weekly basis. And then after the conclusion of that program, the Kedem Arab Shabbos music mix continues right up until candlelighting here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Siegel this Motzei Shabbat. Matzis hosts JM Sunday. Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Let's enjoy Minion Man together, folks. Wishing everyone a good Shabbos, a wonderful Yom Ha'atzma'ut, and an important and reflective Yom Hazikaron. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Then came again. I had to be moving Shabbos Minion Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Oh, won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man?